the title of this seminar is I Want to Be Famous. Fame is something that we are surrounded by. And in our culture today, the, the, uh, the opportunity of fame has never been like it is. We've been fed for the last 10 years of the X Factor generation. The Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent. If you can get your lucky break in front of the right people, you become famous overnight. This is the stuff that's in our media. We're in the influencer generation. Being an influencer is now an actual like job. You can go to kids in school who sit down and what do you want to do? Be a fireman, be a doctor. I want to be a YouTube influencer. Ten years ago, that wasn't even a thing. So now you can be an influencer on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. That's a job. Famous uh, has got numbers attached to it in a way which didn't like ten years ago because of social media. Just you can see on someone's following how famous they are in a, in a number value in a way that you couldn't, you know, 10 years ago, just because of looking at, it's very public. How many followers have this person got? Oh, wow, they've got way more than this person in a way that you couldn't do in, in, you know, a generation ago. So it's numbers are in front of us. Opportunities for fame are in front of us. You could be a no one one day. You could be a YouTube megastar within a month. So we're in this world where, you know, it's very different. That's what the internet, that's what communication has done. One of the questions we want to figure out today is, where does Jesus fit with the desire to be famous? Where does Jesus fit in that? So what we're going to do, I'm going to speak for the next 25 minutes or so. And then um, I've got Anna here as well. We're going to just take some questions from you guys in the audience. Is that all right? Excellent. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're here. Thank you that your word and the gospel is awesome and life-changing. And I want to ask you, Father, would you grace us right now with your truth and your presence? Help unlock hearts. Help us to see you afresh. Lead us into the truth. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say well unto these two who've got Kermit the Frog hats. I've never had a Kermit in a seminar. This is amazing. Just give him a round of applause. I'm going to teach you. Uh, some principles and things from the Bible. And I'm going to do it largely actually through my story. So we're going to do this in three parts. And I'm going to tell you a bit of my journey and my story. I'm going to slice it into three parts and just draw some biblical principles uh, from this. So part one, I actually started leading worship at New Day as an 18-year-old. So the very first New Day years ago at 18, Joel asked me to lead worship. Massive deal. I'm next to like... A guy called Paul Oakley, who a lot of his songs we sung in our movement of churches. And then like Matt Redman doing the other few days. Then me, some spotty 18-year-old teenager, like nervous, like leading worship. And I've begun to carry on leading over those next few years. And for me, as an 18, then 19 and 20-year-old, you're suddenly like a no one from just Woking College in Surrey to being put on a platform in front of loads and loads of people and you start suddenly walking from the platform to the canteen and people come up to you and be like, so you did so well today. Oh, Simon, really love your leading worship. And out of nowhere, suddenly people like, know your name or they want to come up to you and be like, oh, can you sign my badge? That was my experience as a 19, 20, 21-year-old. Quite an unusual situation. I found at that sort of time as well, when I was about 20, 20 21, Facebook suddenly just came onto the scene. So I lived through the launch of sort of Facebook. And I found that I would get home from New Day and I would have like tons of just Facebook requests just from people that like were just at New Day. And I think the first year I literally just, just denied them all. Just like, no, 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 no. Like I've got my friends. 
And then I thought, actually, no, I'm writing songs. This is a good opportunity just for music to get out, to, to build an audience. That's quite normal for an artist. So I just like confirm, confirm, confirm. So now I'm a 20-year-old, and unusually, I've got like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Facebook friends. So other people, and you can see back then on Facebook, and Facebook, I know this is hard to understand, there was no TikTok. There was no Instagram. Like Facebook was the place to be if you're a teenager. Now it's where your grandparents hang out. It's not as cool. I get that. Just come back with me like 15 years. It was... I know, I know. I'm, I'm not 20 anymore. My, my birth, my age begins with a three. Um, but back then, Facebook was the place that teenagers hung out. It was really cool. And my friends had like 100 friends, 200, whatever. I got to the point of having literally thousands of friends. Because I'd get back from New York, literally just pages and pages of people. I'd just approve, 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 approve. So in a very unusual situation, a guy in his early 20s, I've literally got thousands of friends um, on Facebook. People begun to know my name as a songwriter. Uh, even now, lots of the songs we're singing this week are songs that I've written or Anna's written. We've got like quite a few albums I'm on. Yes, Anna Brady, everyone. Um. Lots of like live albums that we featured on, but unusual place to be having so many friends on Facebook, on Twitter, which I know is a lot of where our parents would hang out. Back then, it would just kind of enter the scene because of leading worship at like New Day and these New Frontiers events. I literally had thousands of followers on Twitter, like more than other like people, like pastors, friends. It was quite an unusual place to be. I think for me personally, my story is like I'm a worshiper and I love God. People would come up to me and say, can you sign my badge? I was like, no. And I would, I would like hardcore on them. Like, no, you worship Jesus. Don't look at people on the stage and worship them. I literally just like push them away. Like, don't look at me like that. I'm just like a normal bloke from Woking. Now I live in Brighton. Like, and I was quite like anti it. And I've, God had to kind of deal with my heart a little bit. And um, I heard the story of, of Matt Redman. He had a problem for years having his face on an album cover. He's just, no, I can't do it. It's not about me. It's not about me. And he had to sit down with, with Terry, Terry Virgo, who's like the father of our movement. So what, what do you do with this? Like, I know I, I can write songs. I know I can lead worship. But I, don't, I, don't, I just feel so uncomfortable. And Terry said something so good to him. He said, we in this generation, we, you know, we think it's more godly to be like a nameless, faceless generation. But when you look in the Bible, God doesn't have a problem with names. He doesn't have a problem lifting people up. This uh, Moses was a leader that lots of people knew his name and they followed him. Nehemiah was a leader. He, God lifted him up. God doesn't have a problem with names. He doesn't have a problem with faces. And I know for Redmond, that was particularly just helpful. Like, okay, God's called me to be a songwriter. It's okay, I can put my face on an album. Same for me. I had to accept that God has called me and given me a grace gift to lead lots of people in worship. And that's all it is. It's a grace gift that God had given me that meant, you know, I'm on a platform, but I knew it was from him. So point just number one in this part one, God does lift people up. He does do it. That's clear in the Bible. God lifts people up. And one of the the knock-on effects of that is that person could actually be famous. And God did it. So God doesn't have a problem lifting people up. In fact, if you read the Gospels carefully, he says he will do it. He says, those who exalt themselves and all puffed up, I'm going to humble. But those who humble themselves, whose hearts are after me, I will lift up. I will exalt. So point number one, God does lift people up. I had to learn to embrace it. So as a man in my early 20s, 
with all these like followers and all these people who know my name, I would say on reflection in general, um, I had a worshipful heart. I don't think as best as I could, I let it get to my head. I had friends around me <laughs> who knew me from when I was 12, would see me in my worst. If ever I felt a bit puffed up, they would always like, yeah, just dig into me and take the mick out of me. But I think through it all, I learned to be a worshipper and just like, Jesus, you could take all this away in a moment. I'm about you. I'm about your glory. That's part one. God does lift people up. Part two. This is where it gets a bit more messy. In the kind of natural drift from Facebook to Instagram, I noticed that I would get back from New Day and I wouldn't get as many followers on Instagram as I would on Facebook. And I didn't think much of it. Like, I love God. You know, it wasn't a big deal. But I noticed I just didn't have that many followers on Instagram than maybe other worship leaders at Soul Survivor and other places. And I thought, okay, you know, that's fine. Big deal. And I thought you can see like other artists who are at festivals and Glastonbury and other stuff. They do like selfies and so I'm just posting this on my Instagram. And they, they almost make a point to a massive crowd of people that they're on Instagram. So if you're in the crowd, you think, oh, yeah, I'll quickly follow them. It's quite a clever thing that artists sometimes do. Or they'll be like, everyone say hi to Snapchat. Oh, they're on Snapchat. I'll follow them. And I found myself trying to like almost being tempted to think of ways for the New Day crowd to know that I was on Instagram so they could follow me. I'd never thought like that before. I just grew up in my early 20s and I just naturally had a following. But I found myself in my mid-20s on the rise of Instagram and a, like a younger generation who'd come through New Day, I found myself in my heart wanting those people to follow me. And I found the temptation to always think through scenarios. How can I get these people to know who I am? I really want them to know that I wrote that song. And you can find the temptation to want to say something on a mic. Oh, yeah, this is one that me and Anna wrote. Or that, you know, and the temptation to find just some way for these people to, to know who I am, to follow me on Instagram. And there's a tension. The tension is God has called me to be a songwriter. And God has gifted me to lead worship. And actually, even with songwriting... Part of that is you want to get songs out there. I want to build an audience. I want people to follow me because I believe in the songs that God's given us and I believe they do people good. Can you see the tension? There's a tension and building an audience is a good thing, but I was feeling, maybe for the first time in my mid-20s, a, a, a sort of leaning in my heart where suddenly I wanted people to follow me. And I think there were moments, if I'm being dead honest, I had to... I begun to feel emotions of anxiety and fear, even failure. I'd be looking at other people who've got way more followers than me. I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? What I, what's going on? And you feel an anxiety, a failure, and at its worst, you're sitting there looking at Instagram and saying, what can I do to get more followers? What can I do? And I had to just, guys, I had to just stare this thing in the face. What is going on that is causing anxiety and fear? Put your hand up if you can relate to any of that in social media. Just be honest. What is causing this anxiety? And I was talking with friends even who've got barely any followers. Like, oh, yeah, the idea of posting something on Instagram and only getting like five likes. Oh, that'd be like, my idea of a nightmare. And I know it's sort of a silly thing to say, but for me, as somebody with, with lots more followers in the sort of worship world, this was my story, but I had to stare it in the face. What on earth was going on? And I just sat there with the Lord quietly and I just realized if I follow this train of thought through, 
Where does this lead? This leads to the other end of this, more followers. This is all about me. This is about people knowing my name. Literally my name, Simon Brading. This is about people following me. This is about the number attached to my name growing. This is like, in the center of this way of thinking was me, was my name. I was like, God, how on earth did that happen? I mean, I think, what's the big deal? Why is that a problem? Yeah, of course it's about you. It's your, you know, it's your Instagram account. What, what's the big problem here? Here's the problem. You cannot say, I'm lifting your name high above all in one moment, where actually the rest of the time you're secretly wanting your name to be the one that is lifted up. What happens in that moment, I've taken the name of Jesus that I love your name, Lord. Let's just put it there for the moment. I want my name to be high. You have literally exchanged places. And the Bible is really clear on this. This is called anything that takes the place of God is an idol. I stopped worshipping the name of Jesus for a moment. And somehow, in a subtle way, and the enemy is very subtle, I'd allowed the idol of self to be the highest. It's so subtle the way it happens. It's a subtle shift. It wasn't like I was waking up every day thinking like, right, how can I worship me today? Let's have a look. I wasn't thinking that at all. I would have even said through those months and moments, no, I'm a worshiper. I love Jesus. But on this issue, I could tell there was anxiety and fear. I wanted my name and my glory. This is a problem. Here's why. What's the heart of the gospel to be a follower of Jesus? Here's a famous man on a mountain preaching and there's a massive crowd around him. Oh, yeah, I want to be with that guy. What an influencer. Yeah, look at Jesus. He's got a massive crowd. I want to follow him. Tell us, how can we be like you? How can we follow you? Do you know what he said? He said this. If you want to follow me, be my disciples, point one, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, the first thing he asks of you, this sense of self, you, who you are, you hear that? Deny it. Deny yourself. This, this longing for me, glory, who I am, that longing for, for self, deny it. Not just that, it says pick up your cross. A cross represents death. It's like not just deny yourself, die to yourself. The sense of like me, me, me. It sounds like die to it, crucify it. That is your flesh and come and follow me. And Jesus is really clear. You want to follow me, it's you must decrease and I must increase. You might think, oh gosh, that's sick. I've got some better news in a minute. That's sick and not in a good sense. Like you're just some suicide God. You want us all to die? No, it's not bad news. Actually, the first thing we need to do is die to ourself. And so for me, I realized I had become an idol it's not hallow be my fame. It's not me in the center of this. This has got to be about Jesus. And more seriously, it says in Isaiah, I am the Lord. I will not share my glory with another. I am the Lord. I will not share my glory with another. You want to make this moment about yourself, Simon. You want to make your ministry about you. I won't share my glory with you. You can try and carry on down that road. I will humble you. And I had to wake up to like a line in my face. Jesus is real. He won't share his glory with other people. So I realized there was, at the heart of it, there's an idol of self. So point one, 
God does raise people up. But point two, at the center of this longing to be famous, where it's about you, that's an idol. You're worshipping yourself. Well, I just want to be famous. Guys, you've got to stare that in the face and be honest. The center of that is usually the idol of self. And I had to repent. I had to get on my knees. God, I'm sorry. I've made this about me. It's a terrible God, self. And it's just rife in our culture. It is held up in our culture, in the oxygen we breathe in 2022, as normal to worship yourself. That's normal to put yourself forward. Even like your self-identity, how you see that, to pursue that as a God is a good godly thing that is opposite to the gospel. Jesus says, deny yourself and follow me. I got mixed up. I found myself being anxious. Other people getting more followers than me and I had to just lay it all down. I made this about my name, my glory, when Jesus, this is actually about you. Repentance is one of the most beautiful gifts. When you lower yourself, you lay yourself down and say, Jesus, I'm about you. It is literally like walking out of a prison. Self is a horrible God. It doesn't bring freedom or joy. It brings anxiety, restriction, fear. When you turn away from like being about me, say, God, I, I just humble myself. I'd have no followers and do this for you. I'd give my everything for you. All that I am, all that I have, I just lay it down for you. You just feel like anxiety and burdens fall off of you. When your name, your reputation, who you are, you lay at the foot of the cross. You just find the actual beautiful version of you, the multicolored version of you, the Holy Spirit filled version of you begin to come out. And it's just freedom. It's just joy. So that's part two. You tracking so far? Part one, God does lift people up. Part two, where you pursue fame. We've got to be honest. God won't share his glory with another. Part three. I heard somebody uh, interview a pastor in America called John Piper. And he said, John, is it wrong to want to be famous? And Piper said this. He said, yes. The desire to want to be famous, for the reasons I just said, that is actually wrong. That's self-centered. That is a sin. I just need to say that to you. When it's all about you in the middle, that is contrary to the gospel. That is wrong. But then he said this, which was mind-blowing. It is not wrong to want to be influential. So I just want you to just understand this. Fame is about your glory and people knowing you. Influential is about when you speak, people listen. When you do something, people take notice of it. And the desire to want that isn't necessarily bad. You can use influence for Jesus. You can use influence for the gospel. If I think, actually, God's called me to be a songwriter, and there are some brilliant songs out there in the world, there are some not-so-good worship songs out there. I believe the values that God's given us at New Day and New Frontiers. I believe I want as many churches to sing about Jesus as possible. I want to have the biggest influence as possible because I want more people to sing about Jesus. And that desire is a pure-hearted desire because generally at the end of it, I want Jesus to get more glory. So the pursuit of fame is about your glory. 
but influence can be about God's glory. Does that make sense? And here's the thing. God actually calls people to be influential. He doesn't have a problem with it. He's happy to raise people up. Oh, I found one whose heart is pure, who's not pursuing themselves. I found one who's about me. I'm happy to lift them up. Yeah, influence the heck out of the world because they're pointing people towards me. They're not self-centered. And so for me, part three of this was just a mature understanding of the way influence works. God calls people to be people of influence. So that verse I said earlier, that feels like a suicide verse. You want to follow me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deny yourself. Die to yourself. I can't do that. You can when you put Jesus in the middle. But it doesn't end there. What does he say? Deny yourself, pick up a cross, and follow me. If you can crucify yourself, it doesn't end there. There's the follow part. And the following of Jesus is where the fun starts. You might, he might be calling you into a place of influence. He might be calling you to start something which actually might have a huge following. And that literally might be the call of Jesus on your life. He might be calling some of you, even today, to, to roles, positions in influence society where you are going to be an influencer. But the difference is the heart of it is you've denied yourself. You've died to yourself. You're about him. Those people, he's happy to raise up. Do you follow? So for me, where I'm at now, um, 30-something, I happily lay down my name and fame for Jesus. Happily. I had a conversation with someone four years ago, and we just, just floated around the idea, what would your life look like if you did nothing out of ego? Just 0% ego. I was so like enticed by the concept. I'd l- what a great idea. Lord, this year, this calendar year, I'm going to have a 0% ego year. I'm just going to do it. Well, anything more than 0% is contrary to denying and dying to yourself. So should, we should all be thinking like that. But just it was so shocking. I just learned, learned to lay myself down, let my name, who I am, happily to lay that down and lift up the name of Jesus. Happily never lead worship at this event ever again. In, like, if that's what God's calling me to, I'm just satisfied in who Jesus is. This is the first new day I've been to and not led worship on a main stage. And I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing people come through. I'm loving just seeing what God's doing amongst other people. I've just um, had a very unusual year. I've actually been off for quite a few months. But I've just written a whole album. I've written a whole bunch of songs. And I feel like, oh, thank you. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record these. And I'm going to send them to the world. I am going to get these out there. I believe these songs are going to set people free. I really do. Because this is the way God set me free. And I believe they're songs for other people. So I'm going to work harder the next you know, year or two, whatever, just to build influence to serve people, to help people come out of the prisons I've come out of, to help people see Jesus in the way that I've seen him and the way he set me free. Um, Anna and I right now, we are working hard to launch a business. Anna's been doing a lot in the business world in the last three years. This is the call of God on our lives, as well as music, is to be entrepreneurs and to do things in the business world and to build up. God's calling many of you to do this. We want to be the best business people we can. We want to be people of influence in the business world. We want to build a, a successful business that makes truckloads of money that we can use for the kingdom. Unashamedly. That is a call on our life from God. So I'm not going to be like, oh no, I can't do that. It's about Jesus. No. Part of us following Jesus is we need to like, stand up in the power of God and, and be influential and work hard and build something big. That's what God's calling us to do. 
So this part three of this, it's not just deny yourself, pick up a cross. There's a following him. And he may be calling you into a place of influence, but this is about the heart. Is your heart about your fame and glory and who you are and your identity? Or is it about his glory and who he is? I put in the I word on purpose. I think I probably should have said this in part two. I realized my identity got attached to a figure. So however many followers I had on Instagram back then, I, I almost like that's who I was. It's, oh, I'm only this person. And if I had more, I'd be that person. If I have you more, I'd be that person. But I'm not. I'm here. This is who I am. Listen, you are not your following. You are not your influence. You are not your reputation. That's not who you are. You're a son of God. You're a daughter. You're a child of God. That is your identity. And I would have said that in my early 20s. It's not until something gets stripped away from you where you're like, oh, I suddenly feel naked. And you're like, oh, I had put some of my identity into the fact that I just have way more followers than my friends. So I want to say to you, there's a security in your identity that the Lord would want to bring to us today. You are not your following. You are not your reputation. And I think where the world would say, oh, you're more impressive than this person, God would say, no, you're not. I see the inner you. I see who you are. That you is accepted. You haven't got to look for acceptance. You haven't got to look for, um, uh, for praise from other people. You find that in who he is. And then from the safety of that place, God can call you into wonderful things. So that's it. Three points. I said to you earlier, who wants to be famous? And loads of you are like, way. And I said, you're in the right room. We are breathing air. And looking at things sometimes every day that make you want to be famous. And we've got to just expose that idol. It's a terrible slave master. It will lead you into prisons. And today God wants to call you into a freedom. And it's a freedom of just kneeling before him. To go, I'm so sorry, Lord. I've made this all about me. I made it all about me. I lower myself again. I die to myself. Whatever you call me to do, I'm content with. I will do my best to follow you. So, I imagine there's a few questions, bits and pieces. I'm going to ask um, Anna to come up to the stage. Anna Brading, everybody. Hello. How are we doing? Are we all right? Is anyone else, like, really tired today? Like, this is the big one, isn't it? But we're going to be all right. Um, we're going to open up to some Q&A. I think what we'll do is probably just put your hand up and we'll pick on you. Any questions on... Oh, yeah, great. Go for it. Bucket hat. Say that again, sorry? What does it feel like for you to be famous, Simon? I would say in the day-to-day of our lives, we don't feel that. We're not. <laughs> yeah. You've got to understand, this is such a unique week. When New Day finishes tomorrow, like we, we're not going to another new... Like it's literally one week out of 52. And day to day, like we live in an apartment in Brighton, surrounded by people who wouldn't know us from anyone. I'm in a church family. We've got, you know, we're in quite a big church. And I do have a leadership role in the church. But in the day to day, I don't live like that. I'm not Robbie Williams. When... 
when he goes to Sainsbury's, everyone in that room knows he's in the room. I go to Sainsbury's, I get people pushing me out of the way. <laughs> so this is, this is an unusual week. I say this to our band every year when we lead. I was like, guys, we're gonna, this is a very unusual week for you. We're basically going to spend the week acting like rock stars. We get to play on a big stage. We just need to remind us that this is not who we are. God's called us to lead people in worship. Let's just not forget we're sons and daughters here. Um, yeah, what do you say? I would love to like sort of honour kind of what you're getting at though because I think you're, you're sort of saying like what does it feel like for people to know who you are, right? What does it f- actually feel like when you're walking around somewhere and people are like, oh, you know. Um, and that it does feel a certain way and that's one of the things I sort of, I felt as I was talking, I wanted to say was that um, if you want to be somebody who has a lot of influence and if you want to, because some of you will, some of you, God's put a calling on your life and you've got to do things, you've got to do big things and, and that's good and we want to draw that out of you this morning, we really do, we want to pray for some people. Um, some of you that will be the case and, and it, when people do, you know, your name, you walk in the room and they're like, hey, and you're like, oh, do I know you? Ah, panic. Um, it does feel a certain way. Now, here's the thing. If you want that and you want to have influence and you, and, you, and you feel like that might be a part of it for you, what's going to happen is you're going to have to work on yourself and your character way more than if you didn't. So every time you step into a new level of influence or people knowing your name, loads of stuff comes with that. It's so easy to get a massive ego. It's so easy to feel amazing when people say like, oh, hi, we like you. It actually can go straight to your head quite quickly. So if you want that and you feel like God's calling you into that, part of that journey will be him refining you, working on your character, putting you through the ringer so that you can handle it because there's a lot of maturity that needs to come with it because it does feel a certain way. So it is, yeah. Does that make sense? Is that, yeah. Yeah, and there's elements of it that definitely gets your head. You just see that time and time again, just in pop culture, good people get famous and turn into monsters. Know, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say words that I shouldn't say at youth camp. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you just get you get treated differently. Yeah. And that can turn into entitlement. And you just walk into a room, you expect a level of you know people to serve you other stuff so yeah you got a kind of just character and jesus was extremely famous but he used his fame to love people and serve people so i think there's a hard thing next question with the hat go on what a question yes when you were younger did you also use myspace as well I actually used MySpace, rest in peace, um, which was out before Facebook. I actually used that um, the first three years before Facebook was around. And that's actually, I was, gonna, I was tempted to say that in this talk. That's actually where it started. I'd noticed I had lots more people commenting on my MySpace. I was like, oh, wow. Like as a 19-year-old sitting in my university halls in Brighton. I, g- I guess I'm a big deal. All these people know me. And it got to my heart, even at that point, I deactivated my MySpace account. I was just like, no, Jesus, I'm about you. I'm not going to let this get to me. Um, see, I did. Anyone else have MySpace? Yes, the other people in the room who are in their 30s. Way. <laughs> Next question. Over there. Um, at the back in the black T-shirt. Oh, black T-shirt first. You got to shout.
I'm so glad you asked that question. That's a brilliant question. Um, what if the Can thing you... Question? Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. It's good. It's good. What if the thing you feel God's calling you to do requires you to build a following or it would actually be helpful for the thing you feel called to do? Is this right? You feel called to do, you actually... It would be helpful to have a following. What then? Is it wrong to build a following? Is that like... How does that even work? Is that, is that, a, is that a good summary? Okay. I'm literally doing this right now. So this is what I do. So this is, I, I write songs sometimes and I also have a business. And for my business, I need to build a following. That's part of what I do. So I do it on TikTok. Who's on TikTok? Right, you can all follow me, okay? All right? So all follow me on TikTok. Why am I saying all follow me? Why is this? Now, this is the thing. Is what you need to focus on, this is the thing that I found really helpful for me. It's not about me getting famous. My business is not about me making money. It's partly like you need to make money. If you're you're not making money, it's not a good business. My business and what I'm building on social media is about adding value to the world. When I post things on social media, what's behind my post is, does this add value to the person watching? That's where I start. And as Christians, that's what God's put us in the world to do. He's put his life in us He's put his redemptive power in us to go out and add value. So if you're a photographer, yes, people should see your work. God's in you. God's inspiring you in your photography. Other people should see that. Is that so they can follow you and think you're amazing and like worship you? No, 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 no. It's God's work, his creative work through you, through your photography. We should all go and follow you. What's your account? What's your account? Right, everyone go follow that account. Because God's working through that account. He's adding value to the world through his photography. So I think it's just flipping it on the head. It's not about centering it around yourself and who you are. Everyone follow me. It's about saying, I believe God's put something in me to bring to the world. And I'm actually not ashamed to tell you that. Because what I'm doing is the, the whole aim of it is to add value to the person watching. And to help them. And to give and to serve so I think we are in an age right now where most businesses do need to have a social media following and um, if you are trying to build a business that is part of it so we do need to figure this out dan.shoots.raw we're gonna have loads of questions coming up now yeah well my uh, business is this one um do you hear the heart of that answer that's a brilliant balance um and and the need for influence and that being a call on someone's life um yeah go on next question How do you deal with different emotions that come with fame, like jealousy and ego, trying to be humble? Has anybody ever felt jealous of someone else in social media, like one of their friends? Okay, those of your hands up, get out. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, I've had friends of mine, songwriters, in our church people that I've pastored, 
loved, mentored, go on to write songs that have gone further and wider than mine. Even one or two of their songs, I helped write. I literally, it was okay. I took it to here. Well, it was good, but I made it better. Do you want to co-write? So, no, it's fine. Just be blessed. It's fine. Like, it was your name. And suddenly it goes really, really well and really far, and they're singing it in other nations. Like, not singing my song in that nation. And damn it, I didn't put my name on the bottom. I could have done. And that, that does something to your heart, and you begin to feel um, jealousy. Jealousy is a, um, is a product of the flesh, and it comes from not trusting in the goodness of the Father. The story of the prodigal son is actually the story of two sons. There's an older brother. And he sees this younger brother come back. He's been reckless and just like made a whole bad, like set of bad decisions, come back and gets all this amazing treatment. He gets the fattened calf. He gets his celebration. He gets a new ring. He gets his big robe. He gets his song around the world. He gets like people saying his name. He gets his followers. And I've been plowing this field over here, like round and round and round. And the father came out and said, son, all that is mine is yours. Like, all that is mine is yours. If you wanted a ring, if you wanted the fattened calf, you could have asked. And I learned for me, I've begun to look at people through the eyes of legalism rather than through the eyes of grace. And God has unique callings for different people. And I had to um, just repent. Think, uh, God, have you called me to raise up songwriters or not? Of course, I should be praying much bigger prayers for these people. So in terms of dealing with jealousy, I, I, the enemy is subtle. He gets you in the middle of it. And, no, no, this isn't about me. Um, personally, one of the ways that helps me deal with that is I pray. I pray for them. Pray that their songs go further than mine. Just pray that God raises them up um, and just pray the best for them. So that's how I deal with jealousy. I think with ego, it's just subtle, but I think continually walking as close to Jesus as you can, particularly in this environment. I've not been leading worship this year, but I, as a priority, just get a coffee with the Lord every morning for just for half an hour. I know the kids are up, just sit. Just, just get my heart as wide open as I can. Not one bit creased up, just fully uncreased. Just tell him how I'm doing and just stay as close to the cross as I can. It's quite hard to have an ego when you look at the cross. Can I tell you something that I learned about jealousy recently that I think is really cool? Is um, Jealousy is actually like a, a, a signpost to actually how you feel and what you want. So when you see something in somebody else and you feel jealous, it's a signpost to what you actually want. And what you actually want, often we suppress it and we don't really, we're not open about it. We just sort of want things and we're like, oh, I don't really want things. And then we see someone else doing it and we're like, oh, I'm really jealous. All that's doing is showing you what you really want. You're just sh- it's just revealing what's in your heart. And when that happens, we have somewhere to go with that. We can take that to the Lord. Like, it's okay to want these things. It's all right. But don't try and do it in your own strength and just go, I must have it, I must have it, I must have it. Just take it to the Lord. He's good. Just say to him, like, I see this person doing over that, this over here, and I see that that's making me really jealous. Lord, I think I want that. What shall I do with that, Lord? Is that in your will for me? And just lay it before him, and he's good. So that's what I try and do whenever I feel a bit like, oh, I feel a bit like, oh, I'm really naffed off because they're doing really well or something like that. It, it just shows me, actually, maybe I want that. Maybe that's something... F- Maybe that's something that's actually in my heart. And I just take it to the Lord and then, then we have a little chat about it. So I think just bring it to him. Yeah, it's like a signpost. Your emotions are signposts. Great. Right, next. What's next? What's next? Over here. You've had your hand up for ages.
French Revolution. <laughs> Do you hear the people sing? Singing the songs of angry men. This is a snapshot into our life. We do this around the house all the time. So what's the actual question? Sorry. I got it. I got it. I think it was, yeah, great for you, Si. You do Christian stuff. It's really obvious that that's glorifying to God and you want to be influential in that. But what if you want to do, like, musical theatre? What if you want to, like, I don't know, design the next bus for a city? Like, is that glorifying to God to be influential in that area? Is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes, Si. What do you reckon? Um, all of life is worship. Yes, say it again. All of life is worship. When Jesus came to earth, his whole life was without sin. He didn't sin once, which means from start to end is one unceasing act of worship. When Jesus was eating, he was worshipping. When Jesus was a carpenter, he was worshipping. And I don't just mean, oh, he was singing what beautiful name it is, partly because that song wasn't written yet. But we reduce worship to singing. That's not the deal. All of life in our heart is, is an act of worship. And uh, the, when Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, pick our cross, come follow me. It's the follow me that is an act of worship. Jesus has put desires in, into our hearts to follow him. And he will have a unique calling for you, for all of you. And part of the role of the church with a capital C is that we are city on a hill and we are to transform and change culture and society. So the different domains, like little mountains uh, in just culture, just quickly, like education, business, like health, media, these different domains, God has called Christians to go into and bring reform and bring transformation. Yeah. That means you, if you're, if you're going into the fashion industry, it's not just the fact that you're going to hopefully, maybe over the coffee break, tell people that you went to church at the weekend. Yeah, that's going to be good and important. But the fact that you do your job to the best of your ability, yeah. that you are a really, really good designer. Like they're a good designer, but you have the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. And you're, you're doing your job to the best that you can is bringing God glory. And even the, in the interactions that you have with people around, there's something about you. You're just smiley and different, or you're really good. And in that place, you are shining the light of Christ. So even in, in a theatre in London, singing about the French Revolution, go and bring your absolute best to that. Yeah. Go and be the best singer you can and sing those other parts, those songs that are written for about other things. I mean, do with God. doesn't matter. It's the profession that God has called you into. And do it. Jesus has called you. You stand up quickly. Do you believe God has called you to that world? Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like you're, you're finding your way and you're, you're following Jesus' calling your life. I just feel the Lord would want to say to you, go and run it with all of your might. Go and give your absolute best. What you think is just the normal and mundane, he sees as worship. And it's precious to him that you're following him with all that you've got. And it's worship to him. And being an influencer, even in that world, uh, I just feel the Lord say, don't underestimate what he will do through you. Just go and do what you can for the glory of God and he is with you. Amen. Question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how have you guys dealt with that? Great.
hate? Oh, that's a good question. The more internet followers you get, the more internet hate you get. Out come the trolley trolls. Yes. True story. Um, how do you deal with that? Right, well, okay, so I actually teach financial literacy on TikTok. That's what I do, in case you didn't know. Um, I'm also blonde and I'm also a woman. So you can imagine the comments I get on my videos. It's not nice. So I've had some trolling. I've had lots of trolling. And I'm going to tell you something. It hurts. It, it does hurt. So when I was saying earlier about, like, it doesn't matter how, like, it, it still hurts. Even if you're really, really secure, it's still, even it's, it, like, they've got no followers. They've never posted a video in their life. They're probably sitting in a basement somewhere, miserable. It still hurts. So there's two things to this. First, I say, like, yes, if you want influence, your character has to grow at the same speed. So you have to grow. You have to do work with God. You have to get your identity really set in him and really just know him even better, I think, to be able to handle those things. But secondly, it's just knowing that to make a comment like that on somebody else's profile, something's going on in their life to make them want to do that. And it's probably not good. So they're probably dealing with their own stuff to cause them to say these horrible things. And actually, if you you got to, you just basically got to realize like so, like something must be life must be really hard for them to want to go on somebody else's profile and just say horrible things. Like that's the reality of it. If life was going well and like everything's going good, you're not going to spend your time trolling someone else, are you? So what I've tried to learn to do is just put it in that category and just think to myself, do you know what? They're probably dealing with some stuff right now. And God bless them, you know? I'll pray for them. God bless them. Lord, protect my heart. Help it not to land. And then also the other thing is just to make sure you've got good people around you who know the truth. So if you're, you know, you just have your your safe people that, that get what you're trying to do that encourage you and you listen to them more than the other people. But it, it is part of it. You're absolutely right. I think two things. I think that, yeah, God bless them. They must be going through something hard. That's not often your first emotional response. I mean, I'm in the worship sort of space. The worst kind of comments I've had are like, oh, that one sounds like one of Redmond's. That's a, compl- that's a compliment. It's not that bad. <laughs> I've probably had one really bad post literally in 14 years. And it, it was hurtful. And I was like, it really got me down. And I sent it to one of my best friends who played guitar with me at the time. And he's like, I want to go and punch his face. Where does he live? <laughs> and just stop. What's happened? Some kid, maybe a 13-year-old all I know, yeah. has got access over the internet and now ruined my evening. Just because they, in their limited maturity, just flew off a few comments. But that is the world we live in. That is what the internet can do. So I think we've got to be aware of that. You're going to put yourself up. You are open to things. But I think, okay, I, it is actually then my responsibility to the level to which I will allow that to land on me. Yeah. So you do have a responsibility. If you have a, a video that has a million views and you are going to choose to scroll through those comments, you be prepared because you are likely to get hurt. You just will. Statistically on comments, in terms of how many positive and negative, you're going to get hurt. If you're going to choose to go and do that, fine, get hurt. <laughs> but sometimes things arrive in your inbox and it's like, oh, and it, you have to deal with the hurt, deal with the pain and bring it to the Lord and just kind of be a bit more robust. Um, I've just had to say, um, we have Martha, who's a friend of ours in Brighton yes, here. Martha. If you know, um, 
Martha, you're up for a comment for a moment. I, I just text her. Martha's got a brilliant journey. She's, she was on TV. Um, she's probably the most followed person in the room by a long shot um, online. I'm going to get another chair. Do you want to come sit up? I'd love to hear your answer to this. Thanks. Oh, man, sorry. This is, this is one of those humbling moments because I'm fresh out of the tent. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to be seeing anyone. But this is good because this is what, how God made us. Oh, this, uh, this is funny you asked me to come up and speak about this one, to be honest, because I was on TV like seven years ago, so a really long time ago when I was a teenager, and I found the online hate really challenging to deal with, and it was something I worked through in that moment and felt God kind of call me by name. Even all these things written around this room, I was looking at them and thinking, yeah, these are all things that God says about you, and that's what I had to lean into in that age. But it's not happened to me again for years and years and years. And then last week, the last couple of weeks, this internet troll has just been going hard on me. <laughs> just like saying, you're not qualified to do what you do. Jesus doesn't love you in what you do. Like all these things. And I'm thinking, gosh, like, how do I take this to God? Like, I thought I, thought I was like really secure in my identity. I thought I knew everything that would stop me from feeling that pain. But even if you feel the pain, it doesn't mean that it's true. <laughs> like, it's still hurtful. When someone punches you in the face, it still hurts. Even though Jesus says, turn the other cheek, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt you. Um, but it's about turning it back into worship. It's about living a life of worship. And these guys are great examples of what it means to do that and to, yeah, not feel that kind of emotional pain when those hard stuff happens. Wow. Well done. Um, those who don't know, Martha is in the dance and mime space. So when she was on TV seven years ago, it was in it. No, it wasn't. Martha is, uh, no, was on Great not. British Bake Off. Um, so yeah, you got... She does lots of stuff. She's also uh, a, pub- like, a published author and um, got, yeah. just a general all-round good person. Cookbooks so. on the radio each week, 150,000 followers. So this is, this is the influence that God has given Martha through that moment. And it's just wonderful calling in her life. But I think you've got to know it's real. Cool. Any other questions? Coming into land shortly. Yeah, one at the back there. So just to repeat the questions, make sure I understood it. You feel called to music theatre and you feel called to worship on a stage. Is the question, can I do both? Or is the question about the how the two work together or yeah that's a great question everyone hear the question call to music theater and call to worship um it's interesting you said call to worship on a stage so it's not just call to leave worship but on a stage and so I, I'm just making that distinguishment because even in theatre, we just think stages, we think crowds, we think people, and then we think worship, we automatically think stage, a crowd of people. I would say God can call people to do whatever he wants them to do. <laughs> God can call you to be a doctor and in the evening be a boxer and raise up boxers from a st- for kids in a state. The, the combination of callings, that's, that's totally in the Lord's just wisdom and call on your life. All of it is worship. So we've clarified that what you do on a stage, the ability that God's given you to captivate an audience. God's given you that. And he wants to do it for his glory. Um, Is God put a calling and a passion in your heart to lead people in worship too? Yes, it sounds like he has. So go and do it. Uh, You might find there are complications in the two spaces. One space is drawing attention to me. Another space is giving attention to Jesus. And I think that is a brilliant tension just to be aware of. 
And that's not wrong. I know that God has given me the ability to have a crown in the palm of my hand. I know that I can do that. And I know that's a God-given thing I should use for his glory. And God's given you an ability to arrest people's attention and to use your like, artistic gifting to emotionally impact people. And that is what we want to do in worship times. We want to connect with people's emotions with the glory of God. So I think you've got to work out in your own just heart, in the worship space particularly, or both of them. Lord, what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this? Is this about me or about you? So I, I would say, yes, do both. But I think... Um, be aware of the nuances in both and try and be in one space. There's a, there's a godly transparency that you can see when there's a heart that is genuinely on their knees for Jesus, bringing their gifting with strength and confidence for Jesus. There's a transparency that you can't fake. You just can't. You, you know, yeah. So I just think, um, go for it. Give it. Just follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Um, Kim Walker-Smith. Anyone know that name? From Jesus Culture. Amazing, amazing worship leader. Phenomenal voice. She's come from the background of musical theatre. And so, yeah, the two can coexist. There's just that one there in the corner. Yeah, so there's one in the corner at the back there. That That was you, that was you. you, Yeah, go for it. How did we know what God was telling us to do? I think with baking, so baking was something I did as a teenager. Did you just get the cake out of the oven and it was written on the cake? Yeah, it said, go on, <laughs> bake it, this is the way for you. Sorry, that's such a dumb comment. <laughs> no, 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 but people do sometimes think that they think that it's going to be written in the clouds, my calling, it's going to be this. But actually, God builds skills and giftings into you and some of them will be kind of spiritual giftings that might work themselves out in worship leading or youth leading or doing kids' work or being really pastoral. But other things might be really secular. You might be really great at science really great at cooking and when I was good at cooking I just thought God's like it's really good maybe I'll make cakes for my friends and God will use that but actually God was like you know what no like take opportunities things get presented in front of you I thought why not I'll enter the bake-off never gonna get on but God said had other plans and thought you know what no I've got a place for you in this and this is going to be part of your story so I think lean into the God-given gifts that you have and whatever that looks like and don't be too shy to think oh no surely not not maths like that's not for me like not this that's not for me like that is for you he's made you gifted he's made you talented and everyone's got them even if you think people tell me I'm not good at anything that cannot be true of you everyone is good at something everyone has these gifts within them I have a question are we wrapping up now I would like to give you guys a prayer yeah I've got a prayer question I think people I'd like to pray for one other thing I'd just say is and answer that question I've had people say to me every year at New Day, God's called me to lead worship at New Day. Yeah, he's just told me. He's called me to lead worship at New Day. And he might have done. But you notice it when other people are saying it about someone. When other people are saying, you should hear that person lead worship. And I would say it's one of the ways you can gauge the call of God on someone's life. What do other people see in you? What do other people like see in your skill set and your heart and your gifting? And just listen. Um, yes. So I think we'd like to pray for you if that's all right. Um, but there's a certain group of people that I would love to just sort of find you. So if there is anyone here, does anyone here feel like the thing that they feel called to do just doesn't feel sort of spiritual enough? 
It feels quite mundane and a bit like, like maybe it's like beauty or it might be like fashion or it might be like, we talked a bit about musical theatre. Is there anyone here that's kind of struggled with the idea of like, I think this is what God wants me to do, but it just doesn't, it's not like worship leading. It's not like being a preacher. Um, is there anyone there that sometimes struggles with that? Can you just be really brave and put your hand up? Okay, there's a few around. Cool. Okay, that's good. There's another group of people that I think... Um, for you, you realise, yeah, side, that's me. I have made this about me. I've put me in the middle. Like, point two of what you said. I've actually made this about me, my glory, my name, my reputation, my fame. And I said, the journey for me was one of repentance, of putting Jesus back in the throne of my heart. I would love you to give you the opportunity, and we've got just a little team at the back here who are going to just be around to pray. This is a safe space, just to come and kneel, and just to repent. Say, Lord, where I've made my whole social media following just literally all about just me and my fame, my glory. I don't want you to leave this tent if you feel that the Holy Spirit just put that earlier on, that finger on your heart without just repenting. And uh, there's such joy in repentance. There's a safe promise in 1 John 1 verse 9. We confess our sin. He's faithful to forgive. He's not here with a stick and a bang over the head. No, I want to, I want to, Jesus has paid for this. Come on, I want you to follow me. So should we stand to our feet? We're out of time. I'm going to just do a blanket prayer and an amen for those of you in none of those categories. Do leave. And then we're going to call people just forward to those two responses. Sorry, you guys who are asleep at the front. I know the other one was standing up. Um, let's just pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we just together in this tent say we want you to be the famous one. We want one name to be higher than every other's. And you've said it. I will not share my glory with another. So, Jesus, would you be made famous through our lives? We pray. If it's someone leading worship, great. If it's somebody baking awesome cakes, fantastic. If it's somebody in the music theater, brilliant. Somebody who's doing computer science, brilliant. We want you to be famous in our lives. Help us, God, to die to ourselves and to follow you, whether that is to be an influencer or to, in the eyes of the world to be a no one. It's about following you and giving you glory and being faithful with a call on your life. So, God, would you send us out of here as the followers of Jesus? We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen.